Now, this morning, as each of you arrived, I hope you were invited and then had the chance to come up the front here and to explore in person each of these three treasures that the Magi opened to give to the newborn king of kings. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I am disappointed to say that despite being very clearly signed, some did question whether this first gift is genuine 24-karat gold. And I'm a little hurt, frankly, to think that you would perhaps wonder if I would trick you. I mean, you're absolutely correct. These are two lumps of fool's gold, the worthless mineral pyrite that I got from Amazon and stuck in one of Zoe's jewellery boxes. But can we be fair? Because to be 24 karat gold, as the sign implied, they would have to be not just actual gold, but 99.9% pure, fit for a king, the best of the best. And if these small rocks were 24 karat gold, instead of being under a fiver, they would have cost me over a thousand pounds, far more than my budget for sermon illustrations, (laughs) which I'd already used up on those goats for last time. But I would never lie to you. So if the sign says 24 karat gold, I would not take you for fools. And so it says 24 karat gold, and that is exactly what it is. If you turn it over, while the front of the sign is just a folded piece of A4 paper that's been laminated, the back has been burnished rather clumsily by me because I put the gold on and then it's sort of stuck by static to the the sheet. But that is genuine 24 karat, 99.9% pure gold. Admittedly, only 0.1 of a gram, and more fiddly than you can possibly imagine. But the sign does contain genuine 24-carat gold, exactly as the sign said. You see, what looks shiny and precious in a presentation box might turn out to be worthless, because not everything is as it might first seem. But then that which at first glance might be ignored or overlooked can also turn out to be truly precious if we look at it more closely or from another angle. In our lives, too often we chase after fool's gold, the superficially alluring but ultimately empty promises of worldly success, of material wealth and temporary pleasures. These pursuits, for all their surface glitter and promise, have a fleeting appeal that often leads us away from the path of true fulfillment and purpose. They are transient and can never fully satisfy the deep longing of our souls for something greater, something eternal, something worth its weight in pure 24-carat gold. In the Old Testament, there are prophecies that speak of gifts of gold being presented to recognize the coming of the true Messiah. Psalm 72, starting at verse 10, says, The kings of Tarshish and distant shores will bring tribute to him. The kings of Sheba and Seba will present him with gifts and with gold. All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him. The Magi come before the infant Jesus, probably not in the stable, but still in the lowly 
town of Bethlehem with an offering of gold fit for a king and in fulfillment of these prophecies. And so it's with these gifts that they declare that which the world had no room for and would ultimately reject. A baby laid in a manger, a saviour crucified on a cross, to be the true king and our great high priest. What a stark and subversive contrast between his humble birth and this recognition of his royal status. But then Psalm 72 also says that this will be no ordinary king. You see, I skipped a few bits when I was focusing on all the gold and all the glyph gifts and all the kings bowing down just then. Here in Psalm 72 is the surprising description of this true king and Messiah who will be worthy of such glory, such adoration and golden gifts. Psalm 72 verse 12. For he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Gold is mentioned just once in Psalm 72, but the needy are mentioned over and over and over and over again. The gold that the Magi offered Jesus is fit for the most glorious king, but it recognizes and represents a king you will not find on any throne and a genuine treasure that is not glamorous, oppressive, ostentatious, or even obvious, but is found lying in a manger in the servant-like humility and love-soaked teachings of Jesus. Love, compassion, forgiveness, and ultimately, eternal life. These are the 24 carat gold riches that a broken world desperately needs. But you will not find them advertised on television or available for sale on Amazon at any price. In 2024, we will inevitably, with excitement and anticipation, spend a lot of money on a lot of stuff much of which will sadly not live up to expectations or last even for a whole year. What eternally lasting 24-carat gold treasure should we be investing in? And more importantly, what treasures of genuine eternal value will we give to God in recognition and response to who this Christ our King really is? Will our offerings of time and treasure be made up of fool's gold or 24-carat gold? What gifts and treasures do we have that are worthy to lay before the King of Kings? You know, we don't really know anything about who these mysterious wise men were, and we'll not hear of them again in the rest of the New Testament. They were clearly wealthy and of high status to possess alone to give away such precious treasures. But neither they nor Matthew are interested in telling us any more, because what matters, what Matthew wants you to know, and the epiphany that the mysterious gift givers are declaring to us today, has nothing to do with who they were. No one stops to take a selfie in the presence of God, but everything to do with who these gifts proclaimed 
the king to be. In our reading this morning, the wise men will open their treasure, not when they meet the mighty King Herod, but for a helpless infant, not in an ornate palace or a high and holy temple, but in the dark, lowly back streets of Bethlehem. And there they opened their treasures when they had found a gift beyond words, beyond price, and in response to which they simply, joyfully, and worshipfully gave everything they possessed. Because in the presence of God, everything else seems trivial and worthless. And so during not just our next hymn, but throughout this next year, I invite you to do likewise.